Hi, I'm Jayan Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. As we are recording this episode, aside from the many worrying things happening in the country with COVID-19, there is also the fact that India is gearing up for what could be one of its worst locust invasions in decades. Outbreaks of the insect attack have been reported from Gujarat, Rajasthan, Maharashtra, Madhya Pradesh, Punjab, Haryana and Uttar Pradesh so far. And so while this is an issue that you might see pop up only intermittently in the news, it's likely to be with us for many months to come, possibly even years. And that's because of the nature of this particular outbreak of locust swarms and how it started. That's a story going back to 2018, to how the outbreak started in parts of Africa. And that's something we look at in this episode. We'll also look at, in particular, the science behind forecasting locust outbreaks and what are the factors that it takes into account. My guest today is Cyril Pio. He is a scientist with the French Agricultural Research Centre for International Development and he is also an expert at forecasting and modelling locust outbreaks and working on preventive management strategies. Dr. Pio, thank you for making time for us and joining the Hindus uh, in Focus podcast today. The first question I would like to ask you is regarding the uh, locust forms that we're now seeing in India. Now, these go back a couple of years and these forms first started um, in parts of Africa. So, could you explain to us why, um, you know, a little bit about how these clusters take shape and uh, what are the sort of underlying factors to this? Yeah, so what we are observing this year in India since uh, a couple of weeks now, is uh, the result of actually two years of multiplication of desert locust. Desert locust is a species that's breeding mainly on desert area in Africa and Asia. And um, the, the current outbreak is the result of some very good conditions for the desert locust to breed and multiply uh, starting in 2018 in the Arabian Peninsula after two cyclones hit uh, Yemeni and uh, Omani coastlines um, and from there the swarms uh, could be could be quite active and invade uh, Iran and Pakistan um, at the beginning of 2019 and multiply and then later on in in 2019 invaded also the west of India um, fortunately the control was well done in in Pakistan and India last year but at the same time in 2019 some swarms arrived in the Horn of Africa and also kept reproducing in, in Yemen. And from there, um, they could multiply again and again during the, the winter season, what we call the winter season from November to February. And, uh, and some swarms could again start from, uh, from Yemen, going back to uh, Iran and Pakistan at the beginning of 2020 and, um, and multiply again and arrive to India in the last, uh, the last months. So it's a, this whole crisis is actually something coming um, from the last two years um, because of these cyclones and the insecurity in Yemen uh, that did not allow to control um, very early the swarms that were multiplying. 
So you were speaking about uh, controlling the swarms and I assume that also involves, you know, kind of locating them as they are forming. So just just to sort of uh, give us some clarity here, how do these swarms kind of form? You know, we've, we now, we are now kind of familiar with this term. I mean, those of us who are not scientists, uh, this term called gregorization, but how does that kind of take place uh, for these locus forms to form? Yeah, that's a very important question when we speak about desert locus, because desert locus is one of these few uh, grasshopper species that is, is able to transform from a solitarious phase uh, when there's a very low density in the population to a gregarious phase when the density is reaching some high uh, levels. Um, these gregarious then create the swarms and, and eventually the hopper bands. It's when the, the, the nymphs, the, the insects without the, the wings would be just walking on the ground. And that's when the, the desert locus is destroying uh, vegetation. When they are solitarious, they don't create any problem. But it's when they gregorize, when they change this um, this phase, this uh, this behavior, and the life cycle that they create problems. So the the basics of controlling locusts is actually to find the places where they multiply, where they reproduce, and before they create the big swarms, when they start gregorizing, changing the phase from the solitarious to the gregarious phase to find them and to um, control them at this time. That's the best way to to deal with these locusts. And that's what unfortunately did not happen correctly, partly in Yemen in 2018 and 2019 because of the war. Right. Um, and so if, if not for that kind of unrest that was there in Yemen, is there actually in those regions a good program to sort of identify and control this, um, you know, identify these swarms before they start? Yeah, in, in the Arabian Peninsula, in Oman and, and, um, Saudi Arabia, there's a very good teams that are actually doing this kind of preventive management, trying to find the swarms or the, the places where the locusts breed and controlling them before they, they create big swarms. And when, when this is, is well done, there's no problem. And that's actually what's, what's going on for the last 15 years in, in most of the area where desert locus is uh, reproducing. I'm partly working with West Africa and in West Africa, every two to three years, we have a, a small outbreak, but because the teams in the field is, are very, um, very careful about checking the different areas where locusts, uh, desert locusts would be reproducing, then they, they stop these uh, small outbreaks and there's no large outbreaks like what we are seeing uh, for the last two years. So it's it's working when, when we do the, the preventive management. But the problem is when we have insecurities and uh, eventually um, several generations in a row with very, very good conditions to breed, then, then the situation is very hard to handle. And that's what is going on right now in East of Africa. Africa and, and unfortunately spreading to the Southwest Asia area. And just one additional question about um, gregorization. Is that a process that happens basically because um, the, the, the grasshoppers uh, are coming together in search of food? Is that basically what the science behind it is? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it, what we understand from the gregorization process is that uh, the structure of the vegetation is very important. When they when they are in these desertic areas and they try to find food, obviously when 
when the food is very um, patchy, then they, they meet in this in these small plants and touch each other more and more, and that's the, the gregarization uh, onset basically. Um, the, the the first thing to change in the gregarization is the behavior, and it's triggered by for desert locusts by touching each other. So it's specifically when the vegetation is very patchy that they, this happen. Yeah. Um, so you are an expert at uh, forecasting and actually modeling these uh, locust attacks. Um, so I'm really curious about um, about the, about the science uh, science behind this and you know how this kind of modeling works. Yeah. So actually, during the last ten years, I've been working um, on desert locust um, forecasting, but mainly for the preventive management. Right. So what we were developing for the last ten years were models to try to help the teams that are on the ground to locate the area where the locusts would be breeding and multiply. So what we would use is mainly remote sensing images and uh, trying to find um, some correlations between where the, the locusts would be seen and and some indicators of vegetation or soil moisture. Actually, we did several works on this and, and this this was working quite well. And it, it's some tools that were actually used in, in Morocco where it was based in 2013 to 2017, sorry. Um, now that we have this big outbreak, then the, the requirements are a bit different. So we need to uh, try to forecast uh, where the population would be uh, spreading from the area where they are right now to the next couple of uh, weeks. So what we're trying to do now is understanding better the movement of swarms and how the swarms may be spreading to new areas to breed again. The main factors that are um, behind this spreading is wind. But it's not as simple as just taking wind direction and, and letting the wind spread some particles in the continents, um, because swarms may be also actually flying upwind and, and not, not following the wind. So we are trying to, um, set some models to develop that. But actually, because this, this crisis is coming uh, after a very long time of, um, of kind of quiet situation for desert locust. We, we don't have the tools ready now, so it's an ongoing process in terms of science behind predicting these movements of swarms. Um, but regarding this current cycle of swarms, um, I, I've read that some experts have said that it, it, it could last longer than others. So just two questions. I mean, how long does a cycle like this last, you know, locust, uh, locust swarm outbreaks? And what, I mean, could this possibly last longer than, than others? The, the situation now is, is quite worrying because, uh, there's still some areas where locusts can be breeding without being controlled. That's what's happening in the, in the east of Africa, a large part of Kenya, um, Somalia and Ethiopia are not being controlled because of insecurity. And the same thing is still happening in Yemen. So as long as these areas are not controlled, then uh, and and locusts find good conditions to breed, then we will see some swarms coming out of these areas and continue invading some other areas where the control are done. But because uh, because it's a it's an international pr uh, cross border problem basically. It's it's not only what you're doing in locally that's counting. It's what's happening uh, globally. So. We might be seeing these swarms for several, uh, several years, actually. That's, uh, uh, what's worrying a lot. Um, so 
I cannot say that the swarms that are now in India are not going to be controlled. I think the, the Indian um, plant protection system is quite quite good and it's probably going to handle all this situation even if it's worse than the last years. But but because this is connected to what's happening in other countries, um, I cannot say that it's not going to occur uh, for several years again. So uh, we spoke about uh, the unrest in, in Yemen and that's of course a, a human factor. But sort of going beyond this, um, you did mention that there was a kind of a quiet period and now we're seeing this large outbreak. Um, so I just wanted to ask, is, uh, is, is changes in climate patterns, um, you know, changes in weather patterns somehow, has it somehow contributed to this particular outbreak? So, so the climate is always connected to desert locust outbreaks. Right. Um, but saying that it's a climate change that created this outbreak is a bit too short. The climate change probably uh, increase the frequencies of cyclones. That's, you, you should ask some, some climatologists. I'm not a climatologist, but they, they kind of say that. So eventually this is a factor. But it's the, the thing is we should anyway try to find the area where they would be breeding, right. uh, even if, if climate is changing. And actually even more because of, of climate change, we should be uh, looking more towards uh, where, where the areas where they, they would be reproducing um, and, and trying to find them. So on my side, I'm not putting this crisis on climate change, um, but mainly on, on a lack of, of preventive management in some areas. Um, but then climate is also or the, the different climatic situation during the last two years um, that created very good conditions to multiply for the desert locust in the Horn of Africa and in, in India. Eventually, that's it's it's helping them to continue multiplying so that's it's a it's a yeah it's a mixture of different factors all this together right um so you know when you do when you kind of forecast um a locust outbreaks do you how how much does uh, climate kind of factor into those uh, those kinds of models well when we when we look at uh, rainfall and we have uh, a very dry area that is receiving rainfall. That's a very good indicator for us for saying, okay, this area is going to be or to become a good uh, ground for desert locusts to breed. So that's one very important aspect. So the, the rainfall is very important because it's going to create soil moisture and, and good vegetation in, in these deserted areas. Um, then afterwards, when we try to look at how the swarms will be spreading, we look at the wind directions, as I was saying. That's an important factor for them. And temperatures, obviously, is also very important. Um, if we have too low temperatures, then, then the locusts uh, won't be uh, growing and reproducing. But that's actually right now not a very limiting factors in most of the areas where locusts are, are breeding and, and swarming. If I may just ask one question just to clarify uh, this in my head. So uh, the, the, the link with rainfall is basically because these, uh, these grasshoppers, they are prevalent in arid regions. And um, when there is increased rainfall and there is kind of more vegetation in these regions, do they, are they encouraged then to form these clusters? Yeah, exactly. That's what's happening most of the time for desert locusts is, is that they, they use this, um, this scarce rain that are occurring in desertic areas and vegetation bloom. Um, and then they congregate on this vegetation in the desert areas and, and, and the soil, if it's wet enough, then they can reproduce very well and, and have a, a very good multiplication factor through the different generations. 
so so the the migration of swarms from um, the migration of swarms of locusts from country to country uh, does that happen basically because uh, these these locusts now are looking for more food to eat that because they have sort of exhausted the food supply where they originally formed uh, the swarm yeah that's that's what one theory that we are currently trying to understand better is um, why they actually migrate and create these big swarms um we suppose that it's because they 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 kind of sense that they there are too many in one place to to actually live for a long time um, and multiply still in this area and partly in desertic areas that became green so they they swarm and they they try to find new places to breed and and feed and doing this long migration um, in the search of new food some other people are, are proposing some of the hypothesis like the the cannibalism hypothesis but it's this uh, cannibalism is only occurring in the field when there's no vegetation at all so it's uh, already too late for them to actually be migrating so we yeah we we kind of favor this uh, hypothesis of them trying to find some new food areas right the the cannibalism is uh, is because they, they they eat each other when there is no food Yeah exactly this this is occurring in in different species of locust um when there's no food at all for them then they start uh, feeding on each other that's something that's it's been observed in desert locusts and in some other locust species um but when you when like in the laboratory when you feed them correctly you never see um, cannibalism you only see that occurring when you don't feed them en- enough basically so it's it's a uh, it's not I, i would not say and, and in the field is actually something that is very very rarely o- observed it's uh, some few reports of of cannibalism occurred when they they were f- found in some very uh, dry and without vegetation areas right um but how would that be related to migration exactly what's the theory there the the theory is is mainly working for for hoppers actually not for for swarms but uh, the theory is that they they kind of um chase the one that is on front of them and and try to escape the ones that are behind them so the, this is creating a, a mass movement because of avoiding ah. the ones behind and trying to find the one this on on the front but actually when you know about desert locust ecology and and you see that they they roost in the trees during the night uh, all together actually almost climbing on each other they feed still on the plants during the night when the temperature is high enough so and and they don't feed on each other <laughs> during night so there's a big of a lack of something in this uh, in this series there Right so uh, let's just move to talking about um, preventive management strategy uh, for dealing with locusts and um, we've spoken a little, little bit about identifying um, nascent populations but um, in in India's case now when there are incoming swarms from uh, from from neighboring countries from other parts of the world what is a what is the kind of preventive management strategy that uh, that a country can follow Well, mainly is to try to locate the, the swarms as early as possible and to follow them and to find places where they can be treated and and treat them with pesticides as soon as possible before they they actually breed and multiply again. So that's that's the main aspect in terms of prevention that that um, that India can do now that swarms are are spreading. Um, that's yeah, it's basically to avoid. that they have too much impact on the agriculture and to avoid that they reproduce again 
given given the fact that when these forms do arrive they are they are large in number there will be quite quite a lot of um, pesticide used either aerially or on the ground does that uh, is that is that a harmful thing can can this be done more efficiently or is there a possibility to do it with more kind of eco friendly pesticides well there's there's one biopesticide that is uh, possible to use against desert locust is uh, an entomopathogen we call that it's a it's a fungus it's called metarhizium macridum and uh, it's been used in some parts of the world against some other locusts and uh, currently is also tried to be used in in Somalia so this kind of uh, of of uh, entomopathogens are much less harmful for the environment than chemical pesticides um, one of the problem with this type of pesticide is that they, they are not as uh, quickly active as uh, as um, chemical pesticides um, so people might not be seeing the effects uh, right away and it's more effective on on hoppers and the insects within the weeks than than on swarms on swarms is le- less effective but um I've heard that some people in India are trying some other other solutions um, to protect the plants mainly, not to kill the, the locusts. So the, this is is probably good for the people that are going to use it, but it's uh, it's just reporting the problem somewhere else. Um, what we need to do now is um, basically to control them by killing them. Unfortunately, that's the main um, answer that we can have now to avoid to have uh, too too many losses on in terms of agriculture. So you know just yesterday we got the news that um the southwest monsoon has uh, set in in India it's going to be apparently um you know the, the rains are going to be better than expected better than forecast and again uh, we were speaking about the link between um you know locusts and monsoons and 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 moisture um is is that a possibility that the monsoons could um you know aggravate the problem in India I'm not so familiar about the breeding grounds of desert locusts right. in India. What I understood is that mainly Rajasthan was the area where they would be normally breeding. Yeah. So if in Rajasthan the the rainfall is higher than normal, then they would have a, a very good breeding eventually in this area. In the rest of India, I think most of the rest of India are anyway too wet for the desert locusts to breed normally. So if the rain is higher than the normal years, then they may be not finding any places where they would be breeding. Like I was saying, is they, they use quite quite um, dry grounds uh, that's becoming wet to breed, not uh, very dumpy soil. They cannot breed in dumpy soils. Uh, so, so you mentioned that um, th- there has been a quiet period of about, did you say 10 years since the last kind of locust uh, outbreak like this? Yes, yeah, the last big outbreak was in 2003-2005 and mainly hit um, Western Africa and and the central region around the Red Sea. They didn't spread to India and Pakistan at that time. I see. And is that because it was basically controlled in that region? Um, the, the control was... It took some time to be set in place, but uh, the outbreak was not as big as what we are seeing now. So that's mainly probably the reason why it did not spread all the way to India. Um, and the last question I wanted to ask you is, you know, as a researcher, given that uh, these attacks seem to happen in cycles, that there's a, there's a long quiet period uh, before there's a big outbreak again, does uh, does research on locusts and research on preventive management suffer as a result? Because it's very easy between these outbreaks when there's a quiet period to kind of forget and to, you know, forget about funding for research, etc. What's been your experience with that? Yeah, 
<laughs> exactly, that's a big problem to keep on uh, working on desert locusts when there's no crisis, um, both for for managers, for the people that are doing this uh, um, preventive management. They lack some money when they have not been hit by any swarms or small groups uh, for se several years. They, they, the countries generally decrease their, their funding, so that's a big problem for them. But it's also a problem for us scientists when there's no um, big attention for this uh, for this species, and and we see the the money uh, really decreasing, and have some problems to keep the the people. Uh, involved in the in the research, that's unfortunately what's occurring as well. Yes, Dr. Pio, thank you so much for uh, sparing us your time today and giving us your expertise. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to you. Right.